Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, adventurers. On today's podcast, I have Nick Vembreda. He actively trains makers to become change makers. He's on a mission to help 1 million people to change the world for the better. He's helped 222,000 individuals become entrepreneurs between the the areas of 2014 to 2021. He focuses on shaping trends with them to become, uh, turn them into business models from makers and the change makers with social impact. So without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Nick. Hey, brother. Hey, thank you. <laughs> you were talking so fast. Like, <laughs> I know. I went to go look for the, where, where your intro was, and I had it in a different section. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the introduction. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to chat with you. And uh, yeah, and I'm excited to, to dive into these things of, of helping people become entrepreneurs and to help them with social impact. Um, I think the combination of profit and purpose is a very difficult thing to do. And I'd love to learn just a little bit about your journey that got you into the space. Yeah, well, the, the journey is a quite, uh, it was quite a roller coaster to actually get uh, into entrepreneurship myself. Yeah. I used to be a game addict, actually, uh, between the age of nine to 19, I've act actively been living inside video games for over eight hours a day. So that uh, that was like a, a completely different life than I have today. Um, but it, but it's uh, definitely a, a big ride and a, a lot of things has happened in, in those 10 years. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, even more has happened after that 10 years. I'm 29. So it's, uh, it's 10 years ago that I made the shift. So you're originally in games. You're like basically living inside games, playing a lot of games. What what games did you play? Back in the days, it was mostly RuneScape. Mm. Um, I played it since 2001. Uh, so it's uh, at the beginning of the, the, the game that was invented. I think it was in 1998 or 99 that it came out. And then there were party hats and all kind of rare items that you could, uh, yeah, that, that were not worth that much in 2001. But... Eventually, when I quit, they were like 800 million in in-game currency. Uh, you could, if you wanted, you could have bought them. I think for a few thousand uh, euros, uh, uh, um, if you want to spend money on on the game. But didn't they have Christmas hats? Wasn't that one of the rare rare, rare things that came out was Christmas hats or something? That yeah, got Santas. Yeah, Santas they call them. Mm -hmm. So Santa hats. And, uh, and 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 those party hats, the party hats were like little crowns, and the Santas, they were yeah, they were both very expensive and rare. I think it completely wrecked the economy of RuneScape too. I think that's what happened. They jacked up all the prices, and then people started buying things out of the game, and it just you it's, know, it's yeah, yeah, unintended uh, behavior. You so, played it as well. Um, uh, I've had friends of mine play it, and so I've gotten some of the feedback from them. Um, I played, I've played other games, um, but not, I haven't honestly played a ton of. Of RuneScape, so um, what? Lucky like, <laughs> oh, there's been other ones I've been into, and spent lot, I I do sometimes look back and man, if I if I spent all my time versus like say Halo was my game, if I didn't oh, play I Halo, yeah, if I didn't do that yeah. and I played the piano instead, how far I'd be along in playing the piano, you know, that, that kind of how, stuff. How, how depressed are you that they are dropping Halo from the Xbox? Oh, <laughs> they're what? dropping it. Wow, uh, you know, I it's weird to think of how long Halo has been around for. And to me, it's like, you know, I grew up with it. And it's one of those things that I, I don't play it really that much anymore. But I feel like it needs to make way for new stuff. Because I feel like they get, they get one thing that works and they just rehash it again and again and again. And yeah. they just beat like it Nintendo. into the ground. Yeah. yeah, Nintendo does it all the time on the Switch. Oh, let's have Mario Kart. Yeah. I played Mario Kart a lot. <laughs> yeah. So what caused you to, with uh, with the gaming piece, man, uh, you were doing eight hours a day and you wanted to make the switch to get out of that. Did you, could you tell it was like affecting mm -hmm. you or was it like, what was the the moment that you so realized? It was so much more. It was so yeah. much more. Yeah, so in puberty, um, uh, well, normally people are uh, chasing uh, girls in, in school, but uh, I was very, uh, very bad at it. <laughs> so I was chasing the computers in school that uh, every time I had a break, that I could just run to the computer department, uh, like the IT uh, media media department, uh, that I could just play the game more and mm -hmm. more. And then uh, people got hit up 
by others uh, and their accounts got stolen and they got hacked and this was like the situation it was uh, that that computer room was full of people like me and, uh, and there were, were like a community of gamers uh, and that were spending as little as much time on on, on getting good grades uh, and as much time as possible and gaming so halo for us for us putting a usb stick in the computer and passing it on to everyone yeah. <laughs> to load in a and then alt tap was like okay we are working yeah we are working teacher <laughs> we did it so much we did it so much yeah. but uh that was the good part uh, so still puberty uh, like i i really loved uh, uh gaming mm. and um and then you have to level up it's getting a little bit harder slower uh you get levels uh mm. take first level take Two minutes and then the and the last level it takes one and a half years to get to that last level of playing full time like eight hours a day so it, it really got hard i almost got maxed out in all the skills in runescape which is quite hard um and there were a lot of friends doing the same and we were competing with each other mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, they decided to quit and play playstation 4 or play now playstation 5 and i was like oh i got i got depressed like you're leaving me here we are one tribe we are one community right we cannot stop this game uh, i have my life in this game i even had my relationship in that game um so it was the only girl that i actually could <laughs> could get uh, get a hands on uh, was was living like far far away i never met her in real life uh, so that was really my life was in that game uh, mm-hmm. but then when I was, I was 16 um i had a lot of uh People in the family that got uh, got sick and and died soon after. Mm. Uh, in three years, I think five people died uh, in the family, uh, which was uh, uh, mentally so hard for me to, um, yeah, to to, to not bother. Uh, like uh, I was mm, seeing people that I felt like a role model. Yeah, they were mm. role models to me. I saw them drop dead out of a sudden. So yeah from cancer one from suicide one from falling off a stair and breaking his uh, his skull my uh, my grandfather or how do you call it my uh, uncle yeah and um, um that really hit me especially the person that uh, committed suicide was uh, just 32 years old wow. my nephew and uh, um, uh, on his funeral i was like this how this this person was also a role model he was very good in karting he could be the next max Verstappen if if the, if you looked at uh, his track record in karting and and out of a sudden yeah he he quit and he got depressed and he didn't have a goal in life anymore and uh, his brother was depressed for a longer time and tried to commit suicide for seven times but failed and he out of a sudden he was he was out of the game uh, so so we were yeah we were shocked and and on a funeral there were i think 700 people uh, and and no one could believe it and uh, it was devastating for the parents uh, and, and i saw so many people hurt asking the question why why did they leave and why why did they leave us alone in, in, in this in this way and and that made me as yeah in puberty and uh, losing my girlfriend to quit gaming, losing some friends who quit gaming. Uh, they were still there in real life. Mm-hmm. But for me, that, that virtual uh, world, my video game world was my life. Uh, I, I was, half of the day I was on there. Um, so for me, it was uh, depressing. And I even got also the feeling of why, uh, why not suicide. Mm-hmm. And that moment that he and my nephew commit suicide, actually shifted my mind about the idea because you hurt so many people and I never wanted to hurt anyone. Yeah, I was just not happy with myself. I was not having any self-esteem. I was not feeling uh, that someone was proud of, of me in the real world. I didn't know what, what I was and, and who I was. And then after my nephew and my uncle, which I really said, why not me instead of him? Yeah, like I was that uh, far... Um, far away in my in my mental mental health um, um, then an uncle that was helping us in the renovation uh, every week uh, in the house of uh, uh, yeah of us um, he um, uh, yeah we were setting it together we were lunching every uh, every week and uh, um, he retired sold his uh, his cow farm uh, 
uh, and, uh, and he built his own house. Um, but just when he finished the house, he got cancer. And uh, before we knew it, uh, three months later, uh, uh, he got so sick, he got taken into the hospital. And uh, they said, yeah, well, we, we don't have any treatments anymore. You have, you have cancer everywhere in your body. You even have brain cancer and uh, uh, stomach cancer. And everywhere there was cancer. And, and uh, he was the oldest person in uh, my father's uh, family. Uh, so, and they have a family of 11. So it's quite a big family. So he felt like the father figure for the whole family. Mm. Uh, so he was always there for everyone that asked for help. Um, and then he couldn't walk his stairs anymore but he was not able to ask for help and at the moment he got taken into the hospital because he couldn't actually uh, yeah have enough breath anymore um he was falling asleep and we thought we will not have a new year with him anymore and we um, um we got a message from him uh, he wake he woke up and he said i saw this i saw this beautiful white space around me I saw this beautiful light and tunnel, and uh, and uh, I saw um, my son and daughter putting a hand on my shoulder, saying, "It's enough, Dad. You've done enough." And that, uh, yeah, that that was told by him to the family that it was the most beautiful experience that he ever had, and that uh, uh, he could let go. That he said, like, "I'm not, I'm no longer fighting against it. I, I now can let go." And, and sooner or later, uh, he, he died in his sleep. Um, wow. And uh, on his funeral, um, yeah, I was like, my yeah, it's my role model here. Is he's he's now he's gone. Uh, and um, uh, his son was giving a speech saying, um, my dad wanted to become an inventor, but he took over the business from his dad. He worked for it forty years long. He sold the business and wanted to. To relive his purpose, be, to become an inventor, and now he's dead, and it broke me so much down. Like I, I was like, "How is this possible that someone that is standing there for everyone is helping everyone in the family out? He's like the the, the Santa Claus to us. He's he's like uh, giving help to everyone. Never asked for help back. Never wanted to do something in return. And he actually didn't live his life uh, that he wanted to live. Uh, so." So I put his, my hand on his grave. He said, to, the dream to become an inventor is now my dream too. And I'm going to pursue it. And that was the moment that I quit gaming. Wow. Uh, I was able to, to stop and, and actually make such a shift that I didn't need therapy or anything. I just could stop right there. And I didn't touch the, the games, the video games anymore. Wow. So, I mean, that's incredible. So, I mean... You had a you had a lesson where basically you saw him. I mean, you got hit multiple times. You know, bam, bam, yeah. bam. You see these people just lose their lives, and you're spending your life inside this video game, uh, enjoying yourself, but not really doing what you feel called to do. Mm-hmm. And then you had this this uh, this just insight. It's interesting because you talk about like. You don't know the impact of suicide and what the causes are, like how how selfish it is because of the pain that it causes to everybody else. Because it feels like, mm-hmm. why did you, why did you take yourself from me? Why did you, what you know? It's it's it seems it makes you feel very alone, like your friends leaving the games to the other places. That sense mm-hmm. of being abandoned, and and it's it's incredible that you had such a transformative shift right there, that you then said, I'm you know I'm. I don't want to live a life with regret to to a degree. You had a yeah, then, yeah. For me, it was like okay, I, I want to leave. I want to leave the world with not having to hurt someone from that point. And after that, my uncle uh, died. I had suddenly I had a purpose. I, mm-hmm. I I figured out that he was helping so many people. That gave me um, the reason to call in my role model. He was able to help people in the real world, and I was not able to do so. But I was having a lot of fun in the games that I did, and he was not having fun with the job that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have to find a way in between yeah, where you can have fun while helping others. That's the beauty of life. That's 
when you can go, uh, you can go step out of the life. If you do it today and tomorrow you die out of a sudden, you can live without regrets. And that's yeah. that's uh, the thing that he was able in uh, to to put in my head that okay, this is the purpose of life. Mm -hmm. To to enjoy yourself and know you're making a difference, to have fun in the life, and also understand you have an impact. And part of that, you can't just be of service to others without serving yourself, because then you you empty your cup and you have nothing left, and then you die with regret. You can't mm -hmm. just only play around and have fun and that's it without actually having any kind of impact, because then you feel empty and hollow. So it's finding yeah. that that balance, right? That balance. Yeah. yeah. So you had this moment and you just straight cold cut the game. You're like, I'm done with this. I'm gonna jump in this. His his mission's now my mission. You took it on. What do you do next? What are your what are your things out the gate from there? Yeah, you don't know what your skills are at that point. So mm -hmm. um, it was uh, it was a few years of reflections. Like, okay, what did you actually learn from gaming? Uh, what what do I can? <laughs> what is the what are the skills that I actually developed during gaming? Uh, and then I figured out, okay, I, I'm actually quite good in community building. I'm, I'm actually quite good in uh, in speaking and talking in, uh, English and internationally, uh, uh, connecting with people around the world. Um, I'm also good in organizing activities, like the clans that I was running. I was very good in organizing activities. And the socializing part of the game that, yeah, that was for me like the benef most beneficial in the end, um, that turned me in like, okay, I want to, I want to give back and train people to do better and to become better. And I was like, in that game, I already was a trainer for others that were not that far in the game. So um, I, I figured out that um, that those skills were actually life skills that you could use somewhere else, that that game was actually a simulation for the things that you want to do in the real world. Uh, uh, and that made me very um, um, uh, confident to, to actually take a stage where I had stage fright. <laughs> so at that moment, I had stage fright, I was gaming, I was backstage. But uh, for me, it's um, uh, it's it's so um, weird, but I, I really had to take that stage. And I and, and uh, sooner or later, I, I joined a competition, uh, a research competition from the university that I joined. I was a freshman in bachelor in the business innovation. And uh, I, I just said, okay, I'll, let's, let's give it a try. I am not a researcher. <laughs> But this topic interests me, uh, like co-creation and crowdsourcing. Let's see if I can write uh, a future site, like uh, what, what happens in the next 30 years in this trend. And I was writing it down and sent it in. And then all of a sudden, I got an email back saying, you, you won this competition, this research competition. I was like, I didn't read any. I didn't do any research here. Where did so you get the information from? Yeah, how did you, how'd you, how, how'd you come up with the future information? Yeah, from all, from, was, was it all from gaming? No, just uh, I, I just had a subject on school called crowdsourcing. I was like, oh, interesting topic. Uh, I, I did a great job in that in that course, uh, like how to arrange all the stuff that you need uh, uh, from people that have stuff in abundance and uh, would would like to think along with your ideas and stuff. So uh, for me, it was like, oh, I've done a subject in this. I, I did some research, like trend watching in this. I know organizations that do this on a great way, like. Uh, chips brands that are designing the new flavor and like, oh, this is interesting. And then co-creation was the next thing. So I was like, okay, let me research that too and make it make it one vision. Yeah, like mm. I summarized a 500 word vision on the topic and then I won the competition. And then they said, you can go on stage in Lisbon <laughs> to present your research for 150 marketing managers of corporates and, uh, uh, and research uh, PhDs in, in marketing. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? Um, but but the, the sooner or later, I was like, my uncle is here on my shoulder now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have to take this deadline seriously. Uh, so I have to ask for help right now because this is my only deadline. I have to make it. And so it, it was like one and a half month later that I have to be on stage in another country presenting in English. Well, the English was no problem. I, mm -hmm. I was like teacher english teacher can you help me i have to give a presentation and then other people please i have stage fear please help me <laughs> and then and then and the researcher please help me i cannot write research can you help me with my research what gave you the confidence to ask these people was it was it the fact that you're living your your uncle's mission or like what allowed you to yeah it gave me some self-esteem 
Uh, mm -hmm. Like uh, the moment I put my hand on his grave, uh, I felt like he was in my room. Lots of times when I went to bed, I was like, he's there. He is watching what I what I'm doing. So it it, it felt uh, it felt that he was pushing me a bit, uh, and uh, and and that I had to take the opportunities out there, mm. uh, outside of the video games. So I did, and uh, I I did a great job. Uh, I, I actually uh, found I gave the presentation there. I mm. got over my stage fear. I got so much adrenaline that I loved being on stage mm. out of a sudden. And uh, I, it got me an internship in Lisbon as well. So two, three, two years later, I got myself an internship in an innovation uh, company in Lisbon. Oh, okay. So then you worked in an innovation studio or an innovation company uh, working yeah. on innovating. So then you had the research and you combine that with the innovations. And then you're really at that point where you then, was that where you then started doing community building? I know you talked about doing like hackathons and, and content, content creation weekends. Is that where you got your chops for that? Uh, first, first I started uh, uh, researching like all the world problems, mm -hmm. and then I got into I got into involved into a lot of Facebook groups, mm -hmm. uh, uh, terrible groups, Illuminati <laughs> there and Champ uh, Trails and uh, GMOs and all of the things I I was inside of that. Uh, I was part of the that community for quite mm -hmm. uh, uh, one two two years I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, and I got really got sick of all the people complaining complaining all the time like oh now. Now it's over with. I'm not becoming an activist going on the street like, hey, stop doing this. But I'm going to, to be an entrepreneur now. I'm going to really do something about it. It's, uh, it's, it's done. I'm not going to be trying to convince someone while I know better. Uh, I can also build the solution, not just complain about something. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, it took me uh, two years to, um, uh, uh, to, to get out of that communities mm -hmm. uh, uh but to also get a lot of awareness about like about systems and, uh, and, and the society and the types of people in society and like how who do i want to work with who i want to have in the community uh and and then i started writing articles about entrepreneurship blogging mm -hmm. uh, i started writing uh, uh, for a facebook group called young creators and young creators was a, a community with people under 25 year old that wanted to set up their own business uh, and, and they they were setting up a lot of cool projects uh, like the one is doing games development and the other was building web shops and selling domain names and all lots of things um, but um, I've, i was able to help a lot of people with their entrepreneurship questions not at the beginning but after a while and i was just replying to all the questions i felt like oh i can be useful to them and they are asking so i can i know an answer or I can search an answer on the on the web, um, and in the end, uh, um, two three years later, that community of four hundred children mm -hmm. became a community of ten thousand people. So and then I was uh, yeah, there were metrics like top engaged members and most uh, most posts and most engagement on posts, and I was always number one in that ten thousand people. So I was organizing events with them and I was blogging. <laughs> Was it a piece of yourself with the gaming of like being a part of gaming communities that you kind of found like another home? It, it sounds like, yeah, it felt uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a way to actually take what you were naturally doing, which is inside. It's just having fun with groups of people and being useful inside games. All right. Yeah. And then you, you brought it to the, the Facebook group of the young creators. Then you started helping people with the entrepreneurship. Is that, yeah. The... Yeah. It felt like, oh, finally I find something where I can be useful again. Uh, and then, um, yeah, you learned so much. Uh, I learned so much from all of those people in there. Some were like five years ahead of others, and some were a little bit older. Like I saw that there were people like 25 years old in that community. Mm -hmm. They sneaked in some way, but they were helping, so they were not kicked. Uh, and, and they are like, wow, they are interesting for me. I can really learn from them. So uh, I started uh, only talking to people that are at least 10 years older than I was. So in the end, I was having... My network was only 30 plus year old people mm -hmm. and I was 20, 21 years old back in the days. So, so then what was the transition to actually shifting from helping people in the Facebook group to you actually, you know, um, helping and coaching and guiding other people as an entrepreneurial profession? Yeah. So, so um, from the events that started, there were first like uh, uh, talk shows uh, where, where we let uh, entrepreneurs uh, um, explain how they became successful. And then there were like 200 children. Yeah, I call it children because they were 12 year olds, still 20 years olds, 
attending. Mm -hmm. So most of them were 12 to 16. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were already doing coding and stuff. I was not a coder, but I was really like, wow, they can do great stuff. They can they can create inventions. I want to learn from them. Um, and I, I cannot do it myself. So let's, let's just organize events for them. So I started organizing my first event in 2015 um, called the Education Hackathon. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what kind of problems do you have in your school? Because they have to be, they, this, the young entrepreneurs, they were forced to go to school till like 18 year olds. Uh, but at the meantime, they were having businesses and multiple businesses and uh, they were making money online. Um, they, they, were, um, uh, they were like posting, this is a problem in school and this is a problem in school and we shouldn't go uh, to school at nine in the morning and we should... I'm an evening person. I'm a night person. <laughs> I should go to school at three in the afternoon. I was like, oh, it's an interesting question. Maybe there's something uh, we can figure out. So I was hosting a hackathon around education uh, solutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of that, uh, six people got a job oh, out wow. of that event. Like, whoa, yeah. what did I do here? So they came up with a good good concept. And then they were hired to, to build the concept inside the company. Like, whoa. So another moment where my uncle was sitting on my shoulder like whoa you did an event and you helped people design their own career in one day with their with their own ideas so they can just build their own ideas into into the world i'm not the inventor here but they are and i'm really happy with that so it got me so much gratification that i knew that okay if if you want to be an inventor you don't have to be the inventor but you can also facilitate inventors yeah, and it's also really inspiring to when you see those people do that. I've I've ran uh, uh, virtual reality education hackathons and things like that, and you see all this creativity. Right. It's very rewarding, you know, when you're talking mm-hmm. about. So I completely understand uh, where you're coming from with that. And then you get inspired, and you feel that that energy and that juice and that 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 creative focus. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's magical. Uh, wh- like so okay so then so you do the hackathon you get through it you're like this is great six people got jobs which is awesome it's one of the best ways to make portfolios of works and get hired i think it's it's incredible so from there did do you turn that into a business or what do you what do you do next yeah what i did is uh, is i started coaching them like oh i know some people uh, and there's some basic entrepreneurial questions that come up uh, you need marketing uh, you should work with them uh, you need an article you need another stage so I, I started coaching those uh, um, young entrepreneurs. Uh, I started writing about them. I started arranging free tickets for exhibitions for them. And in the end, I gave away uh, like uh, 10,000 tickets to Web Summit and to uh, the next web and to a lot of uh, great technology events that, yeah, normally people go and they're 18 plus, but I was arranging I arranging places for 12 year olds. So like I was the only one that offered that like, oh, you have a community of 12 to 16 year old entrepreneurs? Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> There's 10,000 of them. Oh, really? You really want to give them a free ticket? Can you arrange the, the free tickets via your, via your blog? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, we do a giveaway and they were sponsoring all the tickets. And I was not getting any money, but I, I got a lot of tickets. So I got like 10,000 euros of tickets. And I gave them to them. So I built like goodwill. I built some goodwill to all of those people. And then the, oh, the one got an investor and the other get, I got uh, further. And yeah, I just let them go. Uh, and then uh, sometimes they asked for, for, uh, for some help. But in the end, they, they were able with that extra exposure, extra stage uh, to also do it themselves. What do you think are some of the big gaps in terms of, because you're talking about a lot of creatives, a lot of developers, people that um, mm-hmm. uh, do hackathons and coding things. You know, what do you think are, in, in terms of starting a business, what do you think are some of their blind spots, common patterns that you see happen? Well, if you're a good developer, or I call it a good hacker, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have four, four types of age. You have the hipsters, the hackers, the hustlers, and the helpers. And I was always a helper in the games. Eh? Like uh, I didn't want to become a specialist in one thing. I want to be a generalist and let me help out here. Let me help out there. Uh, so a lot of helpers. Uh, if I organize a hackathon, I always ask, okay, what is your superpower? You're a hipster, hacker, helper, hustler. And then they define that and I create teams. Uh, I started organizing uh, more and more hackathons. I, I eventually did more than 100. I organized more than 100 hackathons in that uh, 2015 to 2021 
Um, I figured out the methodology to make them super successful in entrepreneurship uh, while giving that methodology during the hackathon. So we developed a methodology for design thinking to make sure that things they build are actually needed. Mm -hmm. So the, the higher the opportunity that they land a job or the higher they could very fastly implement it into the market. Um, so uh, I, I developed a, a strategy to help them develop social skills, to ask good questions to people, like uh, what is the pain behind the pain? Like I had to figure it out for myself, uh, how to get to the heart of the people. I figured out, okay, they need pitch workshops. I started working together with pitch masters and they were giving great workshops. And I started working together with um, um, innovation studios uh, to fine tune that methodology into one piece. Like if you have a 24 hours hackathon, if you have a 68 hours hackathon, we have this timeline, we have these building blocks. And then everyone is able to build entrepreneurship skills while hacking. Mm -hmm. uh, and then some hackers, they don't want to participate. Okay your thing and then the judging criteria is based on how well they do in the whole thing not just the hacking the whole thing they need to have a business model they need to have a good pitch they need to have uh, some customers preferably already so find the customer as soon as possible go out of the building get there so during the hackathon you go out and have them find customers or that the, yeah. as the, as the, yeah it is very fun for me to watch a bunch of introverted uh, developers try to go be social <laughs> In that situation, that is one of the greatest challenges. This, this is this is yeah. wonderful, and yeah, and I completely agree. So, so for the hackathons, you actually have them go out. Not only is it okay, you can code it, that's great, but then you got to go out and you, what's your business model, and then you got to go find customers that said that, oh yeah, I want this, and then yeah. your presentation at the end. It's not just so you're not just hacking to produce a, a, a concept or an application. You're actually producing businesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and then the hackathon shape of having only coders and developers in there, uh, it it got widened. Because I knew if you want to be successful in 24 hours, uh, we don't want people of the same type. We want mm -hmm. those four types in every team. So uh, if there's people trying to sign up from a marketing uh, background or from an economics background or a psychology background, I want to give everyone the opportunity, if they are one of the four types, <laughs> to, to go together and to build a team. Uh, those who never spoken to each other before. So I... I didn't allow anyone to sign up anymore as a team. I just didn't allow it anymore. I wanted to have the best talent together so they ask help at all times to each other. If they don't, they are not going to win that hackathon. They need each other. They are specialisms. Mm. So it, it became more of my recipe of doing successful hackathons. And companies got very happy with them and government. And they said, yeah, we have an outcome now. We don't have a product owner here. Do you have one? I said, well, I have four types of people in this team and one is taking the lead here. Yeah. And he is and he's pushing the, the developers forward and building the stuff that you need. <laughs> is, is that a helper? Because you said it was, it was hipsters, helpers, hackers. Right? Yeah, sometimes uh, uh, the helper is an investor. Sometimes the helper oh. it, uh, um, yeah, knows how to build systems. Like uh, a very good business modeler is also a good helper. Um, mm. But the, the hipster is mostly the guy who, who sets the trend. He's a fashionata who wants to oh. try the new tech, and has yeah. a vision, like yeah. 2050 should be here. The activist, like I was in that group of activists, yeah. like, yeah, we go here, go here. And then the hackers are very introvert and they're like, please don't put me on stage. <laughs> let me build stuff. Please let me build stuff. Uh, uh, give me 24 hours and I build it for you. And I'm not, I'm not going to sleep before I finish. Mm. And then the hustlers are like, well, people should know. <laughs> I I know how to get my way in. I know how to do sales. Uh, let let me try to 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 sell this product, even though it's not ready yet. Let me sell it, and then the hackers no, don't don't do don't 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 do it. It's not done yet. <laughs> well, I have to get I have to get going. Come on. Uh, so they were selling, and they were already yeah. preparing a pitch on the first two hours of the event. Like, mm. But we don't have an idea yet. Oh, we have something we can sell. So they went outside and started working with the end users. And yeah, you got feedback and like five iterations in one one day. Like, mm -hmm. whoa, the hackers, they got shaken up by left and right and left and right. And then and the visionary is like, yeah, but this should be in there. And that should be in there. And then it was more of a challenge to to coach and facilitate this. So in the end, I was 
training coaches in design thinking to be able to run this process smoothly without fights. Mm. Yeah, without fights is a really interesting one because there's a lot of opinions going on because everyone feels like if you have the vision, it feels like you own it. If you have, if you're that, if you're the hustler, you feel like you're owning it because you're selling. It. If you're the hacker, you feel like you're. There's a lot of people that are taking ownerships in it. How do you facilitate it to not have fights? What is yeah. something that actually caused that happen? Yeah, what does that look like? <laughs> yeah, so 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 we put people together that are the opposite of each other. Huh? Mm -hmm. So that means that you are not going to drink a beer with that person. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen. A real life is not going to happen. But this time you're in the same team, mm -hmm. and and the ticking clock is pushing from pressure on the hackers, like 24 hours <laughs> counting down. Uh, everyone um, um, wants to pitch the challenge. Mm -hmm. They say oh, they they have one common goal to solve the challenge, and the the whole uh, uh, thing about building successful teams is having a common goal. And then it doesn't matter anymore if you don't like each other. <laughs> You're not going to negotiate uh, in that hackathon. You have one, one goal. You signed up to solve that. And whoever is going to be in your team, they, 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 <laughs> they, they want to solve it. And they want to win a prize. Uh, uh, so what we do as coaches, we make sure that, um, that there is a process in place, mm -hmm. uh, that there are master classes every uh, one and a half hour, that there are good energizers. Uh, energizers based on their type so there should be an energizer for the hackers whether mm -hmm. it's in vr doing a paintball game together there should mm -hmm. be an energizer for the hipsters uh, leveraging a new new creative thinking thoughts like a brainstorm uh, 5.0 exercises like whoa this is so cool we got so much creative ideas here and they are probably going to have the most ideas in that session uh, then you need uh, marketing uh, hustler material. So you give them all tools and tips and A-B tests and growth hacking uh, methodology masterclass. Like, whoa, this is helpful. I can I can start building my Facebook page now and do some advertisement. Then we started giving them like, oh, here you have 50 euros to do that. Do it today. And we want to have, <laughs> we want to get out of the assumptions. Uh, make sure you do it. So we have to, you have to create a program that uh, works for all the types. Mm -hmm. and that they like so the price for example yeah if if you have a lot of hackers signing up you know that if you give them a 3d printer or a vr it said they will, we will go the extra mile <laughs> but for the marketing and the hipster it's like mm, not so fun so yeah. they they prefer perhaps a contract for a company yeah? or, or they prefer something else uh, uh, so so you, you you find you're finding for for types of people and mm -hmm. i call it types of gamers uh, one they want to kill each other. The other, they, they want to train each other. The other uh, wants to uh, uh, um, be social and help each other, uh, like be the green person in the room, like, oh, peace out, everything will be fine. Uh, and you have all these type of persons that you want to, uh, you want to make sure you are a butler to them, mm. and then make sure that they they are not going to be in a fight. They were having a good time, and all of their wishes are going to be fulfilled. Got it. So then, you, what you're doing is you say, okay. Just figure out the common goal, right? So once you once you all get the common goal, and then you go, okay, along the way, I want to help you and get educate you, but I also want to rejuvenate your energy. So one of the uh, one is is educating. So there's different to a, a hacker, uh, a coder education is not the same thing as a biz devs education and what those things mm -hmm. look like. And then you want to have mm -hmm. rewards for each one of those types so that you understand. Because you're right, if you if you if you if you give a 3D printer to a biz dev, he'll probably just try to sell it. You know, yeah. that'll yeah. be that. It's on, it's a, it's going to be online for the next day. Yeah, it's yeah. Cold. yeah. He's like, I got this. When, but you had them actually do ads. You had them run ads to yeah. actually try to get. Say, hey, I've got this amazing new wonderful idea. You should sign up and trying to actually. Get yeah, you. a landing page, <laughs> sign up page, <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything. So yeah, yeah, I had to develop a lot of skills along the way. Yeah, uh, but we were asking, uh, like, we were asking the the top developer of IBM, like, give a masterclass for the hackers. And we're giving the best data scientists uh, to to those hustlers uh, to understand like growth hacking methodologies. That's so funny. What in terms of like the ideas, like when you form the teams, like how did you form the teams? Did you like did one person say, "Here's my idea," and then they grouped up, or how did you actually get them 
to form teams. Yeah. Oh, maybe I can show you. Here I want some oh. something for that. Okay. Are you going to get that? I'm going to talk about this. So this is just really fascinating because I'm someone like done a bunch of hackathons and so oh wow he's got a he's got a a, a large coffee coaster. I'm not too sure uh, what that's about. What is it? What is it about? Okay. It's, it's called Teamly, and Teamly oh. understands how business works. Okay. This is if you have all the the, the parts of the pie. Uh -huh. uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna make sure that it's uh, shown correctly. And uh -huh. uh, there we go. So um, this part upwards uh -huh. is is the hip, hipsters' talent. Those talents and those things uh -huh. should be done by the hipsters. Should be led by the hipsters. Uh, they are on the beginning phase. They are recognizing a huge problem in the world. They're recognizing things should should change. Yeah? They are like the activists. This should change. And the hackers, they don't mind. They want to have a good idea, but they don't have any ideas. So they are given, giving a lot of ideas. They are getting the hackers on board, like, oh, we can work on that. And they are actually think, oh, how can I build this? What kind of system do I have to do? What kind of coding language do I have to use? And, and the hipsters, they don't mind. They just want to have it solved, and they want to have the world listen to them and like, oh, we have an alternative now. So then there's the hackers. So after the ideation parts, after the great idea that people say yes we're gonna do it you have to give the lead to the hackers and that's this phase it's called uh, the starting phase the planning phase and uh, the conceiving and the choosing phase where they're building a solution and then like you have three options which way to go to they're choosing as a team and then you give it over to this the third phase which is the hustler phase and the hustler phase is uh, we we say time to conquer uh, <laughs> the, the first thing they have to do is manifest that little thing that mvp that not yet ready yet uh, they have to interact get feedback and they at the end of the goal is win a contract win a partnership win, uh, sell your stuff close, whatever close a deal close a deal yeah. yeah and then afterwards you have time to continue and that's all uh, about building a system to reproduce the result uh, and then you need best of all uh, where you see uh, organ uh, then you have the time to um, um, uh, organize a product line, uh, find the right people that we miss in the team, monitor uh, what kind of results we have, what kind of feedback do we get, and then uh, the maintaining and the defending comes after, like corporations that have a product for 15 years, yeah. like uh, Mario Kart, maybe, maybe we should stop it. No, it's great, it's great. On the Switch, we should have it too. And then the activists uh, uh, will take the lead again. Like, come on, mm -hmm. we can do, we can do better. Yeah, Let, but let's come up with something revolutionary. So the defending part is like you have a baby, mm -hmm. you, you have a company, and you cannot give up on your family business. Uh, it has to be let through. And that this this is a phase. Uh, defend is a phase that a lot of companies are stuck because if they are in the final in the final phase, this this part. Uh, mm -hmm. They they already <laughs> fired all of the creatives, the visionaries. They fire them. Mm -hmm. uh, they have some hackers to keep the systems running, and they have some hustlers to sell the stuff. And yeah, hustlers are okay with any product, even if it's not innovative. They're just selling, so they are okay with that. But they only have these two people anymore, and and some in uh, some in the in the third part, eh, like maintaining mm -hmm. and everything. But they miss the creative hipsters. Uh, so this is a, a way I make teams. I, I put this on the floor, a huge mm -hmm. one, that they can actually stand in the place that they think they are uh, as, a, as, a, as a true self. I, I say it's the I before the Y. Who are you? Uh, if you step out of bed and if you can do one thing the whole day, please stand on that, please stand on that position. And then everyone can choose. And then you see, oh, someone is standing there, someone is standing there, someone is standing there, and someone is standing there. Okay. If we don't have it, mingle. We need, oh, there's two people. I can, oh, okay. We missed one over here. So you've, in, in within 15 minutes, uh, people can create a team and it works. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And you're right. And, you're, and that's that cycle of innovation, right? Because if you're not innovating, right, then other people are going to innovate around you. And that's mm -hmm. that growth of a company because they, they're okay, this thing works. Nobody mess with the system. And yeah. everyone's afraid to touch the system. And then all of a sudden it doesn't, it, you know, unless they have a monopoly or something else is going on, stuff are going to happen where it's going to be not as valuable over time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really interesting. So so you, you need to have all those elements in it. And that's that's really cool. So Teamly, yeah. is that like a, 
team it, is that it used, just... it used to be a new consultancy firm uh, helping teams to be super productive as a team as an organization yeah. so they tested google and they were 95 percent uh, efficient because they had this thing well in place and they knew what to outsource uh, they knew exactly where to put people and their own talent um uh, but most organizations they don't score higher than 60 percent so so there's a 40 percent lack of efficiency in companies just because they didn't have the right people in the right place uh, makes sense what do you what so, I mean what, yeah what do you think are the common mistakes then like with people with teams and people are forming what do you think are the the most common trip-ups that people make who a friend is uh, a friend is building a business model cake so he's uh -huh. taking this and takes five layers uh-huh and that and then it has a, like a 300 questions task to get you on the exact right spot uh, to get you on the right question to solve to come uh, to become more productive and efficient in the organization mm -hmm. so he can talk about this much uh, much deeper uh, <laughs> for, for me um um i think uh, what was for for us in hackathons um you you don't want two hipsters in a team two hackers is fine Two hustlers is fine, two helpers is fine, but two hipsters, it's a crash. <laughs> it's, it's uh, They're coming up with ideas and they're coming with ideas and they have to overtake each other in ideas and ideas and ideas. And then the rest is like running away. Yeah, like, come on, I cannot work like this. And we only have 12 hours left. Uh, so that's the only thing for me that is important. You have to have one Elon Musk, uh, one visionary person that is going to be in there. You cannot have two. You cannot have two Steve Jobs in the company. It doesn't work. So that's that's my recipe, I think. Uh, make sure that you have uh, everyone in a role and that you give them autonomy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's more books about this, like Exponential Organizations is a great book and Exponential Transformations mm -hmm. is a great book that is uh, uh, um, showcasing the recipes of successful organizations and successful growth organizations especially those who become a unicorn within seven years uh, they are talking about that and they research that and those 11 recipes are uh, one part is about the left part of the brain and one part is about the right part of the brain and i call it uh, one part is about automation and the other is about creativity and experimentation uh, if you give them enough uh, uh, experimentation time budget autonomy yeah. to make decisions voting rights uh, no hierarchy like we do in a hackathon as well no hierarchies you you wear casual clothing you're not going to be there in a suit or you're going to pitch yeah at the end of the day maybe you put on a suit to pitch yeah <laughs> but everyone is the same and the other side is like what can we automate as fast as possible what is repetitive uh, what could be done with algorithms and, and what kind of dashboards do we need to make good decisions and what kind of social technologies are we going to use to don't have to do any marketing ourselves so uh, people are going to refer others and uh, get some rewards and build loyalty communities and stuff like that without having to put any personnel there and customer support no no thank you build a forum of ambassadors like yeah. there are so many so many things you can do to make your company successful it's it's a whole extra 10 week sprint for for yeah. the audience to get through so this is awesome and looking at what you're talking about here and not only is it just creating business, but you're talking about creating businesses for social impact or social change or positive impact. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk to me just a little bit about like, how does that, how does all the educations with doing the hackathons and everything else translate into you helping people with the, not only building the business, but mm -hmm. also building a, a social impact business? Yeah. So, so for, for that, um, the first important key factor is uh, a social company, a social entrepreneur, doesn't mean that you cannot make a profit. Uh, that's like, uh, if you want to become a social entrepreneur, you are not going to be an NGO, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to ask money and, and your organization cannot stop. Uh, there has to be an end goal in mind. Uh, you want to make a change, then define what kind of change and make sure that you can have that change. So um, what happens is... Uh, um, we are going to to look at the sustainable development goals uh, and we are going to define the the most ambitious goal to solve based on the biggest problems in the world uh, whether it's 600 million people don't know how to read or whether it's 
uh, there's still 4 million people dying of not having enough food, uh, or, or whether it's uh, people die from uh, oil uh, lamps, yeah, they are breathing in oil lamp gases all day. There are 1 million people dying of that every year. Like I, I, I put some really great figures on the table. Like this is actually happening. What are you going to be engaged on? Like what kind of things make, goes to, uh, makes you turn on? Like I want to do something about this. This is not normal. Um, that's, that's the first thing. Like there are huge problems out there and trying to find a match in, okay, I know I like, I like stuff. I am stuff. Uh, the I and the what and the how. I know my uh, surrounding, but the why um, is very hard to create. Uh, nowadays, I use VR for it. So mm -hmm. let them dive in into the context. Okay, there are you are a tree now. You have roots. You have arms. Uh, there are branches. You're growing, and then you're being cut down and fired up. Let's see how that feels. See if if that turns you on to do something about this problem. Yeah, uh, you are going to be uh, ice going to melt down, and you're going to be the ice bear, uh, beer. Let's see how that feels uh, to be that ice. Beer. So nowadays we have technology to to actually immerse, but first we needed key figures and uh, we needed numbers. Like this is a huge problem, and then one uh, BBC documentary item uh, or, yeah. or UNICEF or whatever, and then okay, you want to work on that? Okay, that's great, um, but. To fund that, it's hard. So yeah. what I do is the company asks, like, can you organize a hackathon? I said, yeah, yeah, but we have to make it interesting for everyone. Eh? We want to invite a large group of people, right? You want to have a lot of people thinking about your problem, right? So yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have to turn it into an SDG challenge. And they're like, what? That is business, business challenge. So if you want to attract a lot of people, we have to turn this around into a bigger problem. Uh, and then we can always create scopes we can create rules to give them a price. So we are going to define all the rules that should be in the solution. But but the big the problem will be big and hairy. And it's not only has to do with you as an organization. Otherwise, we are not going to attract a large group of people. Otherwise, we can outsource the problem, right? Let's yeah. let's let's create a hard goal that you cannot solve. Yeah. And then everything starts. So you're talking about when you say uh, SDG, you're talking about the United Nations, uh, the sustainable goals, right? Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're turning into one of the, is it, what is it? Is it 19? Is that the number? 17. 19? Yeah. 17, 17. 17. Some, some say 18. They say we yeah. have to protect space as well. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a good thing uh, to protect space, but <laughs> 17. Yeah. Yeah, sustainable goals, you're right. And they, yeah, there's a whole space and there's space debris. There's some crazy things yeah. going on. They, they just, there's all this like See, it's flying right? behind you, Dad. You yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got, got done. You know, that's why I'm, I'm very concerned about this stuff. It's, it's behind me. The uh, a lot of agility. <laughs> but, but, but that's cool. So you turn into a hackathon, you make the SDG goals, and then you say, okay, this is gonna be a big focus because, because there's, there's money for that because what it's a known problem, right? It's a known problem to yeah. solve that everyone yeah. can rally there's behind. There's data about it. You can, you can actually summarize the problem very specific to demographics and, and, and locations and yeah, cultures. Yeah. It's very good any, to do is, so. Is there any goals that you like SDGs that aren't on the map, like 17, could you, if, if you could add an 18th, what would you add? I think, uh, um, interplanetary species. Oh, <laughs> so we have to, we have to, uh, protect us. Uh, also all the other species in the globe. Uh, and I think the um, um, we have the underwater world, the underwater life as one of the mm -hmm. goals, uh, the life in water. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think the core of the globe uh, is is very important for us. Uh, so the the problem before fossil fuels are running up is I think uh, uh, um, what happens now with climate change in uh, Siberia is that there's almost all kind of gases coming out of Earth radioactive and all of that um so so the the core of the planet is changing so i would suggest have a, have a goal on, on preserving the core of the planet uh, to make sure we still have clean water and clean air and uh, uh, we uh, we have the basic elements water air fire earth we we preserve those so it's a it's a it's a more of a common goal for everyone. It's people say if you have seen the overview effect there, where if you have had the overview effect from space, you see that we're just one 
one small blue dot uh, and then you feel gratitude now you feel gratification that you you're you're a part of something that's alive and that's so yeah. beautiful um you cannot really create that yet but with uh, vr you can you can get close to that yeah, yeah i made a, i made a meditation app once uh where you're going through the space and the, you, see, you see the earth and you start to go backwards and you go past all the planets and there's yeah. that player uh pale blue dot uh speech yeah. and talks about all the kings all the peasants all the criminals all the thieves all the loves all the moms oh. all the dads all of these people have all been all of them live on this tiny pale blue dot which does give you a sense of of unity and being connected um, which is which is yeah i think we, we could always do for a, a bit more of that um do yeah. you do you feel like so you you you've been on a mission here to, to help a million people with social change mm -hmm. um you know do you have a uh, i have two parts of that but one of them being is like do you have that defined in terms of specific social change or is it just is it any one of these sustainable goals or how would you define your your holy grail of helping a million people well i'm i'm, I'm never going to be a specialist and and, and focusing on one thing uh -huh. but um, um uh, if i'm talking about disrupting a system i'm i'm mostly uh, talking about education uh, I'm, I'm mostly working on changing as education from the outside in and out inside out and so I have three days working inside uh, one of the biggest universities in the Netherlands. And uh, the rest of the week, I'm an entrepreneur and uh, yeah, organizing still a lot of hackathons, but also a lot of VR events nowadays. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and bridging the gap between cultures and countries and uh, uh, setting up a lot of partnerships, actually, and uh, uh, setting up schools in Nigeria right now and uh, uh, sharing technology there so they can, they can have uh, resources to, to learn from and to build invent with um yeah so those the education sector is is like uh, is my is my heart mm. if if we can gamify education to do good for society uh, the students they don't have to think about anything before they are done with school they don't have any reliabilities and they have no responsibilities and uh, they have no cost of living and they have no no children to take care of so within that education time like that a 12 year old a 20 year old uh, uh you you can you can already make a lot of change you are creative you like these challenges to work on you like games mm -hmm. uh, you you you're allowed to play games but if the games are not the land parties but hackathons uh, i i see that a lot of uh, addicted gamers are my best people in my hackathons because they go <laughs> and go and go and they do it and they're setting up businesses and they like most of the successful serial entrepreneurs that i know they were addicted to gaming actually so it's yeah. it's 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 really they have they have walked through simulations and they've seen and understood the system of society through gaming there's they've shown already leadership on a very young age they've created worlds and they've they've taught people skills and uh, they know how to be a father figure for others. Um, um, I see that um, if we can change the 12 to 20 year old timeline, uh, what is done in that phase, uh, we give them an X prize competition when they are 12. Like these are the challenges we haven't solved in the last 20 years. <laughs> X prize gives you a million if you solve it. Come on, come on, let's get some good ideas. Yeah. I would get so excited to do that all day with a lot of kids just run these uh, hackathons and, and see uh, uh, projects coming out of that, yeah. helping their local environments out of a sudden. And they're so young, so everyone has a lot of goodwill. Yeah. There's so much goodwill to, these, to, these, uh, to this age group. And people only think they're, they're outside, they're uh, annoying people, they are fighting on the street, they are... Uh, they're, putting waste everywhere and um if you think if you look at what we set up here it's called young impact uh, we actually turn fifty thousand students every year into social entrepreneurs between the age of 12 to 25. there's over a hundred thousand people attending every year where we take influencers and uh, like uh, fa famous magicians and all of that we let them provide a challenge like pick up the plastic on the street or uh, 
uh, go help a, a granny with their with their groceries or uh, organize a, a dance event for handicapped people these kind of challenges they are posting with a small video like i'm going to do that this month i'm going to help and do a dance uh, performance uh, with uh, with handicapped people yeah. are you in are you in and you can sign up and if you post a video with the hashtag young impact or young impact day uh, we grant you a free ticket to actually go to the performers of this influencer so oh, at yeah. the end of the year we have one big massive event and we invite ten thousand people we don't have tickets and space for a hundred thousand but one out of ten of these children get a get a golden ticket to actually uh, see their role model and they have done something for society so they are learning to do volunteer work very young so they can decide decide on their studies better decide on their role in society better and they can make a positive change how small that can be that's not a problem that's beautiful and that's amazing and it, it goes back to that that crowdsourcing on your first write-up paper of crowdsourcing yeah. and bring it back which is which is awesome what do you think is yeah. in terms of that's the holy grail when i what is the dragon what is something that is seemingly so difficult for you to overcome you don't know if it's possible what for you is the, is is your dragon? Ooh, yeah. Well, you have a, a short time span if we think about climate problems. Uh, if you say 2050, the Earth is gone in terms of all the resources that we have on Earth. Well, I think overconsumption is the biggest challenge. Um, mm. We we are so fed up in a capitalistic system. If we make enough money as an entrepreneur, we have to spend it, or it is going to turn into tax money. Uh, the first thing is solve the tax money problem. Like we don't want to pay taxes, so we buy a big car, and then a V8, uh, like a big fossil fuel car. Mm -hmm. We're gonna buy a huge car, and then we're gonna show everyone that we have a good, good car, and they want to be part of our tribe. It's such a bad attitude from influencers. But uh, the tax system, um, what we are doing is we're creating municipalities that are creating governance based on the SDGs. So mm -hmm. that governance that is very hard to read and understand we turn it into SDGs so they can communicate what they do with the tax money yeah. so that entrepreneurs like us and we don't have a foundation or something to to help others with that we don't have a social enterprise that we are not going to try find another way to not pay taxes uh, that we want to pay taxes because we can vote oh i'm going to solve the the quality of education problem in this region uh, my my tax money will go to that so that was one part of the pie. The other part is okay, the consumption pie. Like, yeah. okay, we are going to buy less because we are uh, uh, knowing where our tax money is going. But um, we have a population of uh, 8 billion people or something now. And um, we know that if you have a high welfare, we get less children. That's that's said by research. So the amount of people will go to 11 billion and then go down again at least in europe we see that already yeah we have per two persons we get 1.3 child mm, yeah. so we lose population in europe yeah that that's something that maybe can solve the issue but it's also because inflation is coming everything becomes more expensive so we cannot afford to have a child anymore that's also in place yeah yeah it's an, it's an interesting balance between the overconsumption and the population um and then also yeah. the tax yeah. if we don't consume we don't have that much inflation yeah. <laughs> uh, and we can restore our planet so we need to define circular systems we really have to build a, a circular uh, um, way of doing business and trading and recycling reusing everything we use uh, mm -hmm. uh, upcycle it into a better product yeah that's beautiful man um yeah, I, I you know I, I love what you're about, and I love all the, the missions that you're on, and I, I really do think your your uncle would be proud of you. I think it's a beautiful what you've done is a, is really incredible stuff. Um, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I know. No, that's it. You're done. No more. You're done. No, you're yeah, gonna keep so going, man. Keep. He's still in the show. We have, a, we have a question from Bruce. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, it's not Bruce. I think he might have bounced out, but he asked if if uh, do you ever dream that you're an NPC in a video game, like in that movie? Put that like the, the new Matrix movie. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever <laughs> that? That, yeah, I, I think like if you are uh, like in the hero's journey, mm -hmm. you're explaining how that works to people. Uh, if mm -hmm. you can be an NS, uh, uh, 
NPC that do does only do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you can be a hologram in inside a, a virtual world, and you always lead the right way, like a like a uh, um, uh, what do you call it, the uh, Dalai Lama. That you can be a Dalai yeah. Lama inside the yeah. game. That would be so cool, right? You can share wisdom. People go forward with that, or, and yep. they could be better persons. Yeah, I, I would love to be an uh, NPC like that. Dalai Lama floating in the cross-legged, you know, as your meditative position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be awesome. Uh, this is incredible. Nick, thank you so much for your time, brother. I love all that you're doing. Um, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? Make sure that you don't end up like my uncle. Make mm. sure that you are going to pursue the life that you wanted. And it's, it's really helpful if you find ways to help others. So, so try to, to do as much as possible when you are young, experiment a lot, uh, find out what you like, what gives you uh, um, the I before the Y, what gives you energy when you wake up uh, so you don't get depressed like me, uh, that you don't have to, to wait till you're 20 and then finally go do something useful with your life, uh, get yourself self-esteem and all of those things, um, but find yourself the community of people that you can learn from uh, that lifts you up and uh, and and yeah start experimenting and start figuring out what uh, what what brings you energy and someone else energy i love it i love it i totally agree find your eye before the why and if people want to get a hold of you nick how do they do that the uh, easiest is the, via the, my website nickvanreda.com and uh there's a contact page and it's like you can contact you can contact me on any social media it's uh, all fine that's beautiful all right, Nick, have a blessed and beautiful day, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I know you made this happen last minute, hopping from one meeting to the next, so I appreciate you. And uh, uh, thank you so much, and I'll see you on, on the other side, brother. Yeah, I'll see you on the other side. Let's meet him in VR the next time, right? That sounds like a plan. Let's do that. That'd be a lot of fun. Although I don't know how I feel about being, being a tree chopped down. So You know, I will make sure you, you're the ice beer. <laughs> that's like a coca-cola in his hand all right man thank you so much brother talk to you soon take care take bye. care bye bye everyone see you thanks thank you for listening to the heroes of reality podcast check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes while you're there you can also take the heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast Tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.